Now batting for the Cubs corner, the host, Anthony Pasquale. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Cubs Corner. My name's Anthony Pasquale, and as always, this episode is brought to you by Coach's Bar and Grill on the northwest side of Chicago. Great owners, great food, and even a better time. Today, we welcome a very special guest from WGN, WGN's very own Dan Roan. Thanks for joining us, Dan. You got it, Anthony. Thanks for having me. So, because you work at WGN, I want to ask you just right off the bat, what was the best part of covering the Cubs throughout your career? Oh, gosh. Well, it's been 36 years. Um, really, one of the uh, the great years was my very first one in 84. They hadn't won anything since 1945, and that, that was a pennant, no World Series. And in 84, uh, they made some big trades right at the uh, end of spring training, and another big in-season trade that brought Rick Sutcliffe over, and they wound up with him winning the Cy Young, Ryan Sandberg winning MVP, Jim Fry was the manager of the year, and Dallas Green was the executive of the year, and they got a 2 nothing lead and a best-of-five on San Diego and blew it, just like the Cubs always do. But, you know, that was always the mantra surrounding this team, but in 2016 they finally broke that stigma around the Cubs. What was being around that team like? Um, it was great. You know, Joe Madden uh, set a tone, I think, uh, for the relationship between those guys and the media. And uh, it's a really good clubhouse. I mean, there's some great guys in there. Uh, there's some some people who could be a little bit salty at times, but when you have guys like Bryant and Rizzo and Zobrist, uh, Wilson Contreras, I mean, a really good group of guys, Kyle Hendricks, many, many more. And uh, it was great to be around them. And obviously, you know, speaking as a lifetime Cup fan, it was exhilarating to be there in Cleveland the night they finally got it done. And obviously WGN will no longer be carrying Cubs games as all of the Cubs games will go to Marquee Network. And I think if a lot of people think of the work you've done in your career, the Cubs are certainly one of the things that they think about. So how do you see your role at WGN kind of changing with the Cubs moving to Marquee? Well, it's um, kind of a universal thing. I mean, everybody over here at our place um, is uh, in for a pretty big change, I think. We have to figure out, you know, A, what we're going to put on television. We have, in the past five years, we've had 55 White Sox games, 45 Cub games, 30 Bulls games, and 20 Blackhawks games, which I think would come out roughly to somewhere in the neighborhood of 500 programming hours that we're going to have to figure out how to fill. So uh, that, first and foremost, I think is the station's objective. But, you know, from a, a selfish point of view and from an historic point of view, I, you know, everybody's still, uh, I'm say upset about it at this point because we all knew it was coming. But I think everybody's still sad to a certain degree. Uh, that we're not going to be involved in anything. And it's going to change uh, everybody in my department, too. We're going to have to figure out, you know, how we cover things. Do we cover um, all these teams as extensively as we once did because we don't have partnerships with them anymore? I mean, there are a lot of questions yet to be answered. But I don't, uh, from a new standpoint, I don't think we're going to change our coverage very much. 
We also have new owners, so we have to kind of see how that shakes out. But I think, uh, by and large, we'll be the same, but it's not going to be quite the same without having those games. And you also mentioned uh, that a lot of the guys in the clubhouse are, are great to talk to. Who would be maybe a top three of, of go-to guys for you if you needed an interview? In the Cubs clubhouse yes. right now? Um, I would say Kyle Hendricks would be on that list. I would say Ben Zobrist would probably be on there. Um, you know, a lot of the times these guys will kind of avoid the media in the free game and not make themselves available. They'll be out, you know, uh, getting massage or having treatment or whatever. Uh, for another one, let's see who else. Jason Hayward is always really good. Uh, not always available, but always good when he is. So I'd say those three are pretty good. And so... This week, there have been two really big news stories surrounding the Cubs. Obviously, the first one is the Cubs hiring David Ross as Joe Mann's replacement. We'll get into that one a little bit later. But I want to start with the Chris Bryant hearing. Um, there's going to be a hearing, I believe, at some point this week to decide essentially whether or not um, Chris Bryant's service time was manipulated when he was brought up to the big leagues um, a little bit later at the beginning of uh, the 2015 season and as a result the Cubs did not have to pay him part of his um, beginning contract that season so how do you think that hearing is going to go and can you maybe give us a little bit more background information on it well just that uh, uh, the benefit for the Cubs wasn't the upfront money it's a year of control so they have him for an extra year um, subject to arbitration so he's He'll be in arbitration this year, and then he's got, what's he got, one more year after that, I think. So, yeah, as it is uh, now. It's a control issue, yeah, more than anything else. It wasn't so much about the money. Um, I mean, I remember spring training in 2015. Bryant, uh, the Cubs had just moved to their new place, and KB was hitting like every other at bat. He was hitting a home run. It, it was obvious that he was more than ready to come up, and the line they used was, uh, you know, we he's a third baseman, but we'd like him to work a little bit more on his outfield defense. That's what they said. So we're going to send him down to Iowa for two weeks. And on the very day, of course, that uh, they regained that year of control on him, they brought him up and he was in there playing the next day and hasn't been really out of the lineup except for injuries since. And I believe uh, the hearing would ultimately decide if he becomes a free agent after next year, correct? Uh, that would be true. And you know, it's obvious to everybody that they were manipulating his service time. Uh, the White Sox have done the same thing. And, you know, a lot of teams have done that. Uh, so we know it happened. It's just a question of whether or not under the rules of baseball uh, the Cubs were able to do that. Legally, and I'm, you know, I'm actually, I'm pretty sure they were. Uh, things are changing in that regard now, but I'm pretty sure that uh, they'll come out of this okay. And that would mean the Cubs get to hang on to Bryant for two more years, and for those two more years, David Ross is going to be the manager. So, were were you at the introductory press conference? Yeah, I was over there on Monday. How how was it? It was great. You know, he said all the right things. I think 
Theo did as well. You know, there's a lot of a lot of speculation about uh, how long this has been in the works. In fact, I asked Theo and the both of them if if over the last three years of him working at least part time in the front office that they hadn't been grooming him to replace Madden when Madden's contract was up. And, you know, they said, no, no, that's not the case. It's kind of the same argument as the service time argument with Chris Bryant, because, you know, I would say, of course, they were grooming Ross to be a manager and probably to be their manager. Uh, So I talked to David uh, after the press conference and said, you know, I heard what you guys said in there, but I said, uh, what if somebody had come up to you another of these teams that has a vacancy and ask you to be their manager before you got the Cubs interviews done, what would you have done? <laughs> and he, of course he said, I would have turned him down. So, uh, he's, he's wanted to be the Cubs manager above all. And they were able to make it happen. And I think it's a pretty good pick too. I mean, he knows the drill. He knows the ballpark. He knows the players, uh, he knows the game for sure. So I think uh, all in all, I think they've made a pretty good choice there. If you were Theo and Jed, do you think you would have made the same choice? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't know uh, a spot of the guy from Houston. I don't know him as well as some of the other people, but uh, Girardi, I think, would have been an okay choice. Uh, different than what uh, Theo and Jed have come up with in the past in terms of uh, relying on metrics and those kinds of things. You know, Ross, Ross's career has kind of spanned that whole era before there was very much going on with metrics. And now uh, he's a big proponent of it too. So he kind of fits in with the, the philosophy up there. So I, yeah, I think, I think Ross was definitely the best guy for the job and I think he'll do a good job. And now moving into the offseason, obviously the manager question mark has been filled. But in terms, through your eyes, what do you think are the biggest question marks for this Cubs team moving forward? Well, obviously they have to find some starting pitching. Um, You know, Lester had a bad year. Hamels is moving on, which opens up $20 million worth of money for the Cubs to go find somebody else. Um, You know, we're talking about Chris Bryant and this service time hearing thing. Uh, I'm not certain Chris Bryant's going to be a Cub next year. I think somebody's going to go from that core group, and I think if it's anyone, I think it would be him, Um, not because he's done anything wrong as a Cub. I just think that uh, the handwriting's kind of on the wall. He's a great player, probably only going to get better, and Scott Boris is his agent, and I'm not so sure uh, the Cubs' front office uh, really wants to deal with all that. So they may trade him, and if they do, that's where some of that pitching help is going to come from. I would agree there. I think um, if there's anybody in that, that core group of players, I think Bryant's pretty likely to be traded. I also think Contreras is kind of probably the next guy, if not Bryant. Um, I don't know about that. I think it's too hard to find a catcher that has that kind of ability. You just can't find him, and he's – you know, when he's healthy, and I know he's had those hamstring issues a couple of times, but when he's healthy, he's about as good as it gets. And before he got injured this year, he was having a year uh, like he's never had before. Uh, you know, huge average, uh, big production numbers, doing a much better job behind the plate, you know, framing and calling the game. So I think he's 
he's way too valuable in their eyes uh, to think about getting rid of. And I think the same goes for Javi. I don't think he's going anywhere either. And I would also assume the same goes for Rizzo as well. He's a little bit older, but he sure means a ton to this organization. Yeah, he does. He's one of the leaders. And uh, I think Ross, you know, I actually think if, uh, and I know Ross loves all those guys, but I think if they traded, if they traded or had told him that they were considering moving Rizzo, I don't think he would have taken the job. So you think Rizzo was a pretty big uh, lure for Ross to become manager? Well, uh, the Cubs' job in general is a is a, a big allure. I mean, everybody or almost everybody would want that job, uh, but it would be a different job if if Rizzo wasn't in that clubhouse to kind of settle things down. He's one of the leaders in there. He's been around for a long time now, and, and he's a very very valuable part of everything, uh, regardless of what his numbers are. And his numbers, you know, are almost always pretty good. And it seems like the big things the Cubs need to figure out for this offseason is um, who's going to be playing second base, who's going to be leading off, um, will Jason Hayward play center or right, and whichever one the answer is, you have to find somebody to play the other position. And then, of course, they need to, to replenish starting pitching and the bullpen. So out of those things, or maybe something else, what do you think is the biggest priority for the Cubs this offseason? I think they need to pitch. I think they need to get some better pitching. Uh, you know, their defense really wasn't up to its normal uh, capabilities last year. I don't know why that is for sure, unless it was a lack of focus or concentration, which may be part of the reason why uh, Theo was reluctant to give Joe another year or another contract. Uh, but I think they'll do better fielding. I think uh, Ross is going to be very uh, – He'll have a, paying a lot of attention to detail, so I think the D will be better. They can do what they want in the infield, you know. I don't think you'll see players jumping around position to position as much as they did under Joe, but uh, they certainly have options in the infield. I mean, Nico Horner showed a lot of people a lot of stuff there in September, so he's going to be in the mix, and that might be uh, uh, something that solves that second base problem right then and there. So I think the big thing is pitching. Uh, they're going to have to get uh, some setup people. I'm not exactly sure what they're going to do uh, with the closer. I think Kimbrell's probably going to have the job, and I think he'll do better than he did this year uh, with kind of a crazy season coming in halfway through. Uh, but they need some setup people, and they need uh, at least one, if not two, starting pitchers uh, to put them on a par with some of the other teams in their division. So the next segment we want to get into is just a little bit of rapid fire. I'm going to give you a few players, and then you just tell me yes or no if they will be wearing Cubs pinstripes at the beginning of next year. <laughs> okay. I'll start with uh, Nick Castellanos. Unfortunately, no. Another Boris client who probably won't be back because he, I mean, he was, he was the club there for a long time at the end of the year, but I don't think he'll be back. Kyle Schwarber. Uh, yes. A lot of people think if they were to re-sign Castellanos, they would probably mean Schwarber would be gone. But if they don't re-sign Castellanos, I don't see a way they let Schwarber go. No. And I know uh, talking to Nick there in St. Louis at the end of the year, uh, I know, uh, he said that 
he really enjoyed his time here, loved the fans, loved the ambiance, you know, walking to the ballpark from where he lived and all that kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, he's he's a guy who really, he probably doubled his value in that last six weeks of the season, the way he played. So he may be just a little bit too rich for, for the Cubs' blood. So, um, And they have a real affinity for Schwarber. They think Schwarber's still going to be a great player. He's certainly become a better outfielder, and he's begun to be a little bit more selective and less wild at the plate and the power is always going to be there. So um, I don't think they really want to lose him. He'd be a great American league DH, no doubt about that, but I just don't think they want to get rid of him so fast. What about Chris Bryant? I know we touched on him before. Yeah, I think uh, certainly better than 50, 50 chance that he's gone. Um, this one, the next ones are, are more free agent, whether or not they will re-sign, not really trade. So, Ben Zobrist? I think Ben's done. Okay. Um, what about Cole Hamels? Definitely not coming back. And then the trio of Pedro Strope, Steve Ciszek, and Brandon Kinsler. Um, I know they want Kinsler to come back. I think they're pretty much over the other two, so... I'd say Strope, no, Ciszek, no, and uh, Kinsler, probably yes. So that would leave the Cubs just a few holes to fill. Obviously, one of the outfield positions, probably center field, if uh, Hayward will stay in right and Schwarber in left. Um, obviously, a third baseman they would need, and then, like we've been mentioning all day long, more pitching. Um, do you see the Cubs taking a shot at the, the bigger name guys like Garrett Cole or Anthony Rendon? No, you know, I, I, don't, I just don't see it happening. Rendon would be a perfect fit, and if they win the World Series, uh, you know, he might be more inclined to say, well, my work here is done. Maybe I can move on and, and do this somewhere else. I don't know how that works out for him or really for anybody, but uh, that's at least one school of thought. But I'm not sure the Cubs are going to dive that deep into it. Uh, they still think their core is pretty solid. I know they think they can fill in around the edges and with some more pitching, uh, get right back into it next year. So I'm not sure how deep they're going to go, but I don't think you'll see Cole and I don't think you'll see Rendon, either one of those two guys here. And and you mentioned next year that the team seems like uh, just with a few minor moves that they could end up right back in the thick of things. Do you see the Cubs contending next year? For a division championship, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I don't know if they'll be favored to win the division as they have been in the last four years or so, but um, I would say that they'll definitely be one of the, obviously one of the three teams to beat, maybe four teams to beat with Cincinnati coming on. So that should be quite a summer between the Brewers, Cardinals, Cubs, and the rest to see who comes out on top. But uh, Cincinnati's really getting better. I think uh, the Cardinals, I don't know how they do it sometimes. Uh, the Brewers, we'll see how what they do too in, in free agency, who they lose and who they might try and go after. Uh, obviously, they got to get Yelich back. And then uh, the Cubs, you know, there'll be some money to spend. It's just a question of, you know, in which direction they're going to go to spend it. And this is the last question I'll leave you with. Tonight is the end of the baseball season. It's Game 7 between the Washington Nationals with Max Scherzer on the mound and the Houston Astros 
Who do you think wins this game tonight? I will go out on a limb and say Washington wins. Uh, I like the fact that they've got Scherzer out there. I know he's not been uh, the normal Max Scherzer in the postseason, but he's been pretty good. And Granke seems a little shaky to me. Plus, that win last night has got to put some momentum on the side of the Nationals. So I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, Washington's going to win the World Series, and they would be the first team ever to do it without winning a home game. And I would have to agree with you there. I think the Nationals um, have a ton of momentum after yesterday, and they looked pretty good against Granke the first time, so I've got the Nationals as well. Yep. That's all for this week's edition of the Cubs Corner. As always, you can catch this episode, previous episodes, and future episodes on Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and, of course, the Cubs HQ website. Thanks for coming on the show, Dan. You got it. Anytime. And thank you for coming to the Cubs Corner.